Big Ten fans, welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Michael Chen. Give me a follow on Twitter at MFC2123. It is Friday, November 1st, 2019. I hope you had a nicer Halloween than it was here in the Chicagoland area. It was snowy, it was cold. Some of the suburban areas closed down or just moved their trick-or-treating because of the weather. Yeah, typical Chicago winter. Yesterday was an interesting day. And I say interesting because you don't see this happen very often. Michigan State's Joe Bocci tested positive for PEDs. Now, the PED has not come out. It's just in its infant stages of release. However, the conference has suspended Bocci indefinitely. Michigan State has filed an appeal or will be as soon as they can. So this is a this is a big blow for the Spartans. Joe Bocci is arguably their best defensive player. Uh, him and Kenny Willekes are a one-two combo that they have in their front seven, uh, and it's difficult. The hits keep coming for Mark D'Antonio. It's been a very very rough year for him, and that's actually one of the reasons why. I could see him potentially moving away. Uh, There's just some weird stuff going on. Uh, Mark D'Antonio has had a rough season. Offensively, now he's losing one of his stars on the defensive side. Hasn't been a good go this year for the Spartans. And this is just another cap in his feather. It's just unfortunate for D'Antonio because... At one point in time, a couple years ago, it looked like Michigan State was like on the cusp of becoming one of the national powerhouses or at least a a Midwestern powerhouse. And it's just been really, really bad. Two out of the last three years, they're going to be under eight wins. It's just, it's become a difficult watch, especially offensively for the last couple of years in East Lansing. And you just hope that this was a false positive for Joe Bocci as he's one of the more upstanding players in the conference. Uh, An unfortunate situation for the Spartans. Big Ten released a statement yesterday on the NCAA's ruling for athletes being able to be compensated for their likeness. Uh, Pretty much summed up what they previously said Uh, they want everyone to be on the same equal playing field it has to be the same state to state and I don't disagree with that they also want to make sure that the athletes are not employees can't disagree with that one as well Uh, Big Ten obviously needed to release a statement it was a couple days later than the NCAA's ruling which I thought was a little bit odd at that point in time I didn't actually think they would make a statement because of the time frame however this is something that I, I think the Big Ten thought they needed to come out with and to be honest with you it's uh, it's okay I'm fine with that I, I think that the Big Ten especially with what they've done as a whole and the impact that this is going to have on D1 athletes yeah, making a statement seem like the right thing to do and I think, obviously, everyone's going to be watching what happens with this going forward. So it'll be very, very interesting. I, for one, 
I've always been for this. I've continually said years back that the players need to make money off of their likeness. That is how you compensate the players, not by setting up funds to for the schools to pay the players. Uh, that I just don't believe is attainable due to the fact that they're already getting money for scholarships. Just to add on to that, especially nowadays with schools being so expensive, a full scholarship is $150,000 to $200,000. That's the worth of it. And so there's definitely an argument there that the schools themselves don't need to pay the players. And that's why I always thought that having outside resources, outside people to pay the players made the most sense. I'm not exactly, obviously, paying the players, but paying the players for a service such as their likeness. And uh, finally, the NCAA has gotten to that point, and I'm looking forward to how this will evolve over the next year and a half. Some good news out of Champaign. The Fighting Illini have set up a GoFundMe page for Bobby Roundtree. If you don't remember, Roundtree was the young man over the summer who was involved in a swimming accident, had a spinal cord injury. Uh, he's been rehabbing at Shirley Ryan Ability Lab here in downtown Chicago. And uh, it, it was an unfortunate uh, accident as Roundtree was coming into the season as one of the big-time contributors on the defensive line for the Illini. It's it's a tough one to swallow because you hate to see that for the young man. And you love what the Illini family has done for him, rallying around him. They were, during the bye week, a couple of his teammates went to meet him. And after the last couple of weeks, the Illini have turned things around. They've, they've made it a little bit more about family and not football. And you have to commend Lovey Smith for going around and, and doing that and you know it's not always about football and that's something that I absolutely love about the sport it's about your football family as well and it's really neat to see the fighting Illini trying and helping one of their football family members the Buckeyes got another wide receiver commitment Brian Hartline is a former NFL court, uh, wide receiver played for the Buckeyes and when he was hired, I don't think anybody really knew the kind of impact that he could have recruiting-wise. Well, player after player after player, highly ranked players after players after players, continually want to play for Heartline. And when you look at what the Ohio State offense has done, they throw the ball. If you look, I mean, obviously this year a little bit different. Justin Fields is not the same quarterback that Dwayne Haskins is, but the onus on throwing the ball and it's not just ground and pound anymore like you see at a Wisconsin right now or at a Michigan they are very different offensively from a lot of the Big Ten schools I think the the most similar offense that you could look around when you look around the conference probably Penn State's Penn State's has the most similar offense to Ryan Day's currently but the Buckeyes have all the pieces, and Marvin Harrison Jr. is just another one of those. He's going to join his high school quarterback, Kyle McCord, also committed to the Buckeyes. This is the 21 class, so it's going to be a little while before you see those two players on the field together. Once again, 
but they've still got one more year of high school. They are currently juniors in high school. He is a good wide receiver, and I'll tell you what. Marvin Harrison Jr., you, you know that name because his father played for the Indianapolis Colts for many years, and this is a big commitment. At 6'4", 184 pounds, the younger Harrison also had offers from Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, Florida, LSU, Nebraska. That's pretty impressive for a 21-class member. Usually a 21-class member is not going to have a lot of offers. Well, it's not the case when you look at what Marvin Harrison Jr. has done. It's pretty impressive, and the Buckeyes are getting another impressive player. Uh, the rich get richer here in this situation. It's, uh, it's great that the Buckeyes have added him. Uh, unfortunately, bad for the rest of the conference because the Buckeyes get yet another weapon to play with. Small schedule this week and not a lot of action on the field. We'll start off with the biggest game of the week, and that one to me is the Illinois Rutgers game. And the reason why is because when you look at Illinois' schedule, it sets up for the Fighting Illini to actually be able to get to a bowl game. The Rutgers game is big because this is one, this is the gimme. This is the one that they have to have. They're traveling to Michigan State next week. They're going away to Iowa again, so back-to-back -back road games, and then they come back home to face Northwestern. The back-to-back -back road games could pose a problem. That's why I'm saying that this one is huge. This one's the biggest game because they get to that five wins. They get over 500. Holy crap. Illinois would be above 500. That's <laughs> the beginning of the year. If you would have told me that, I would have told you you're crazy. However, it's a possibility that Wisconsin upset sparked something in this Illinois team. They've got plenty of playmakers on there. Uh, Dele Harding has been fantastic. They need to get Batiku back. I haven't seen anything recently about whether or not he's going to be ready to go. But I'll tell you what, it's a... Uh, it's, it's something else going on there at the University of Illinois. I think they've got a little bit of mojo going on. And to see them get a win against Rutgers, to get to five wins, and then just one win in their next three contests, and they're going bowling. I think that's huge for the program and pretty neat for Lovey Smith because it's been a long time coming. Four years into his tenure, it looked as if this was the end of it. Uh, in the middle of the season, I think a lot of Illinois fans kind of quit on him. And I put him on the hot seat myself, but he's turned it around. So I think that's the big one. Uh, Rutgers, you know, obviously Johnny Langan. He was the Big Ten co-freshman of the week last week. I just uh, I, I can't see them really competing in this one. Uh, Nunzio Campanale, uh, again, over his head. I mean, look, last week against Liberty they gave up 34 points who the hell is Liberty come on Rutgers this is bad there's potential they could have lost last week Rutgers is arguably the worst team in all of college football so the fighting Illini should get their fifth bowl win all right the two 11 o'clock games you got Maryland is hosting Michigan in their homecoming game again 
Maryland's quarterback situation up in the air. Not sure if, if Tyrell Pigromi is going to be available. If he is, most likely he will start. If not, you're probably going to see Josh Jackson. On Michigan's side, coming off of the big-time Notre Dame win, this wasn't about the passing offense. Shea Patterson was 6 of 12. He did throw a couple of touchdowns in that 6 of 12, but it was all about the run game, and they just continued to pound the Irish and pound the Irish and be physical. And I think that if they're able to do the same thing against Maryland, they should come out with a win. Maryland has been a little bit of a surprise at the beginning of the season and then a big-time downturn towards the end of the season so far. So uh, I think Michigan's got this one. Uh, line is 21-and-a-half. I would say Michigan uh, covers that, definitely. Uh, Nebraska and Purdue. Adrian Martinez has said that he's ready to go. And on the other side, Jack Plummer is going to get his opportunity as Jeff Brom decided that the quarterback battle was only going to last a couple of days. Excuse me. And Jack Plummer has been reestablished as the starter for the Boilermakers. I think this one is going to be a tight one. Who knows which team shows up? You can have a Nebraska team that's going to come out like they did against Illinois and put up a lot of points. However, defensively, they have struggled, which is pretty much on par with what they've done all year so far. And then you can have a Purdue team that comes out like when they beat Penn State or I'm sorry, when they lost to Penn State. Or you could have the Maryland-Purdue, where they put up 420 passing yards and over 40 points. This one could go either way. Uh, if I'm a betting man, I'm staying away from that line. However, that over-under 58 looks pretty enticing, though. These teams, there's not going to be much defense played in, these, uh, in this field with these two teams. So I could see that one being a high-scoring affair. And like I said, small slate, bunch of bye weeks this week. You've got Penn State in a bye. You've got Ohio State in a bye. You have Minnesota on a bye. Iowa's on a bye. Wisconsin's on a bye. It's an odd week for the Big Ten. However, there is one other game going on, and it's the lone night game. Northwestern's traveling to Indiana. Indiana's already secured that bull berth, the eligibility at 6-2. and two. And when you look at what Northwestern's had to deal with, with Hunter Johnson, the, the issue with his mother coming out, having to deal with uh, mastectomy, going through chemotherapy, Pat Fitzgerald doing the right thing and keeping it in-house, until uh, you know, Teddy Greenstein of the Tribune came out with this story earlier this week. I, I love that. I, I love the fact that they have each other's back, that they want to do what's best for the player. And I think that, unfortunately for Northwestern, it's going to be another long week. The offense just isn't there. It's nine quarters without an offensive touchdown. And then you look over at Indiana. Indiana's got two quarterbacks that can move the ball. They're on a three-game winning streak. They've got a 
pretty tough game against Penn State looming in front of them next week. There's a possibility they could look ahead, but I think Tom Allen's got this team doing some pretty good things, and I think they stay the course. Northwestern just doesn't have enough offense. I think if Northwestern is able to get the ball in the end zone a couple of times, they might get some confidence back, but it seems like an eternity since they've done that. Like I said, they haven't scored a touchdown in two games. Uh, they got blanked by Iowa last week. They only had a field goal against Ohio State, and then the last time they scored a touchdown was against Nebraska in the third quarter. So nine straight quarters for the Wildcats without a touchdown. That's not a recipe for success. And unless they somehow magically figured out their offense this week, which unfortunately for the Wildcats I highly doubt, looks like it's going to be another long weekend for Wildcat fans. couple notes on the hardwood. Michigan State's Thomas Kyther has a broken nose, but that's not going to stop him. Kyther's going to continue playing. And CBS Sports released their preseason All-American list. They have Cassius Winston, Michigan State's star guard on the first team. Not a surprise there. And then they have Illinois' Ayo Desumu. He is on the third team. So not a big representation for the conference on CBS Sports All-American team. But remember, it's just a preseason team. Lots of things will change. Uh, so a lot of times the preseason All-American lists get a couple of players right. They've got some star freshmen on there who they believe will just blow up. But we'll see. I think this was uh, you know, preseason polls to me. Eh, they, they don't mean too much. They don't mean all that. And that's going to do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. A little shorter than normal on a Friday due to the smaller slate of games. Only four of them for the conference this week. I appreciate the listen. Give me a follow on Twitter at MFC2123. Follow the website on Twitter as well at Two Cents Pods. Like us on Facebook. Two Cents Pods over there. Rate us, review us, and share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a great weekend watching the games, Big Ten fans. Talk to you on Monday.